Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are back for another podcast episode of Chasing the Hug. I am your host, Steve Sachs. It's with my good friend, Nick Johnson. Nick, how are you today? I am so good. It's gravy, baby. It's gravy, baby. Hey, Nick, I'm so glad to be back with you. It is great to have this podcast going again. Producer Jason is also here in the background having an amazing opportunity to get this set up for us. Producer Jason, I don't know if I say it to you enough. Jason, thank you for all that you do. This podcast would not be a podcast if it wasn't for you. Did you get a chance to thank Jason today, Nick? You know, I did not get a chance, but I'd like to take this opportunity to thank him right now. He is an amazing human being and a good person. He's a really good sport about all the good-natured chiding that we give him. He's also a cheapskate. He is. And interesting enough, I think there's a side, uh, a little bit of a frazzle going on the side. Did you know about that? Did you hear know. about the the actions in the uh, Steve Saxon's household versus the Fleener household? I did Because not. my mom believes that I'm not that mean to producer Fleener. Uh, you know, I think you're probably not that mean to him at all. But Jason's mother seems to think otherwise. Oh, his mommy called? I don't know. That's just the rumor going on mm. that she was not happy with the way I treat her little Bambino. So Ooh, I'll make best. a better job of that. I'm not going to do that because honestly, we wouldn't have this opportunity for work from producer Jason. Jason, thank you so much for you. Nick, let's get this show started here right now. Nick, what's the first thing you want to talk about? Well, you know, we're doing our thing. We're working out today and you are getting ready to we're getting ready to, to shower and you bring out all of this stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa. We are going to shower separately. Yes. Uh, let that be added in the post credit addendum. But you bring out all this stuff, this these nice smelly good things and items to clean yourself smelly with. Yeah, I mean, where do you get all this stuff, man? I'll tell you right now, Jason. Or Jason. Nick. Wow. That hurts. Whoa. That Freudian. Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian <slip. laughs> what I like to do, and I'll tell you this, there, there's sometimes, and, and I don't know about you, you've been in coaching for a while. Long you time. know, we don't make a lot of money in this profession, nope. let alone when you start in this profession. When you start in this profession, you're usually going to get a job of which you're trying to get your feet in the ground and into the fo- the door of what goes on here in coaching. And so my first job I worked at Defiance College as a graduate assistant was lucky enough to get my master's paid for housing. However, my check that I was living off month to month was a $300 check that was taxed Ooh. that I actually got $248 every month. So Ooh. I had to make that dollar swear a stretch. And when a dollar needs to stretch, Nick, where do you take a dollar? You take a dollar to the dollar store. Dollar store, Nick. And I'll tell you right now, I have a love for the dollar store. I can tell. There is some things at the dollar store. When you go in there, you need to make sure you get one of those carts. In fact, the carts are so worth that you actually can't take the cart out the store because of the the there's a pole in the, the on the cart that yeah. goes all the way up to the top that doesn't even let you leave the store. <laughs> you ain't getting out there with that you cart. You can't get out. So I take the hand cart and I take it with me. Yeah. I walk around. I first walk in there. It's Halloween time right now. And yes, I'm like, wait, they're giving this away? I got myself when I was walking around. They had a Halloween sign. It had a skull on it. it said, Happy Halloween made out of wood. I'm like, oh, this is great. Great deal. Dollar twenty-five. Now that's the next thing. It's wow. no longer a dollar store. It's dollar twenty-five now at the Dollar Tree. Yeah. I went around there and they also had uh, I got some powder, I got some lotions, I got some soaps, I got all this stuff here. I left there not breaking the bank, Nick. That's amazing. And it was a really good time. And I'll tell you, I have a love for it. Now there are other stores out there. You got Dollar General, you got yep. Family Dollar, you got 99 cents only, you got five yep. and below. But I'm gonna go with the true store that is a dollar. In this case, now they've raised it due to inflation to dollar twenty-five, but the Dollar Tree, Dollar Tree, you go in there and you're going to find what you want. I do have a question with it though. Mm-hmm. I felt like what I got on the uh, the cosmetic line and the, yeah. the, on the lotions and those type of things was worth a dollar twenty-five. I went down the candy aisle, okay, mm-hmm. and down the candy aisle they had a a, a normal sized box of Good and Plenty. Good and Plenty is okay, you know, candy if you like uh, licorice. I'm a I'm a fan of it a little bit. Yeah. And that was also $1.25. But I'm saying, okay, I think I got a great deal here. But I also think they price marked this one up on that part. So at that store, you also are not going to get anything below $1.25, but you're not getting anything above it. So I think everything falls within that radar. 
Yeah, yeah. No, that's good and plenty. I haven't heard that in a long time. What a, we'll have to do it. Another... Was that your high school nickname? <laughs> Was that my high school nickname? <laughs> I don't even know. Got him. <laughs> well, you know, did you know the history of dollar stores? Uh, I mean, I do know a little bit about how the uh, the stores are spread out around the nation. The history of it, though, um, uh, are you, can you tell me a little bit about I, it? I think I can a little bit. So it's interesting. So the dollar store phenomenon originated in the South. So entrepreneurs and uh, individuals that wanted to make money were trying to offset supply and demand and realizing that certain warehouses only stock certain items certain types of times of the year. They were able to put things back and sell them at a discounted rate and still make money by selling them in bulk. And the first dollar store was the Dollar General. I think that was in Kentucky in 1955. And then a family dollar popped up somewhere else in the South. I want to say Georgia, maybe, in 1959. Uh, and then later on, the different ones that you have out east, let's like Ben Franklin, 99 Below, um, places like that. But the Dollar Tree came later, and uh, I think it's the best of all of them. I think when you're in a Dollar Tree, you find good things for a good price. But they're actually owned now by Family Dollar. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't know they were in that. They consolidated in 2014. Huh. Yeah. Just a little bit of, you know, a little bit of history there. A little history you. on that part. And here's how this works. Like, uh, they're, they're, the whole layout, this is how Sam Walton developed his process for Walmart. The whole layout is based on putting the popular stuff in the back. So you have to move through the whole store. They have a consistent layout at all times. So you know what you're getting when you're in these dollar stores. And it's the perceived idea of a lower price, right? It's the perceived idea of a lower price. So are you clapping me? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm proud of you. I, this is all I've asked for. All I've asked for you to be prepared. And you're prepared. You went above and beyond what was asked oh, of you, man, Nick. Oh, man. I got notes on notes on notes on boats. Thank you so much for doing Two that. Two sheets to the wind, my friend. Two sheets. You know, uh, I like to kick back on a good drink. You like to kick back on a good drink. But you know I don't do the dranky drink. Like, I'm, I'm you know, straight edge. You're that CM, CM Punk. CM Punk. Double X's. What is the best non-alcoholic drink of all time? Well, I think we'll go back and forth on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with my my favorite non-alcoholic drink that's out there of all time that's been there. I'm going to tell you a little history of this one. We're going to go with Mountain Dew Code Red. Oh. Released in May of 2001 when it was a uh, permanent flavor at that time. They added it as a permanent flavor. When they added this in 2001, you know what it did to sales? Hmm. Only increased it by Only 6%. Only increased it. And they, that brought out other things. You had white out, all these different flavors oh, they brought out there because this one worked. Um, you know what it reminds me of, though? What does it remind you of? Reminds me of a good time as a child called the Shirley Temple. Oh, uh, the Shirley it Temple. Was, it's a cherry flavored, delicious drink. I, you know, for me, the best drink of all time, if you're really, if I'm being honest with the public out there, chocolate milk. I love chocolate milk. I've always loved chocolate milk. Any brand in particular? Uh, you know, not really. That's not, I don't believe that at all. You don't believe that at all? I don't believe it. You could go get the Kroger version of chocolate milk, and you're going to tell me that's as good as uh, you who's not even real milk. You know what? Wait, you know are what? you going to come over here and join the conversation? If you're going to do that, get a he's, microphone. He's in the background like, you Yeah, come on now. Oh, you You have to have a certain brand that you like. Prairie Farms. About. Prairie Farms. Fair enough. Prairie Farms, ever since 1999, the addition and the, the ones that you can get at Aldi that are in the very back where they're the coldest and they stay the coldest in the car, that's the one I like. Prairie Farms chocolate milk. I'll drink a half gallon sitting on the couch watching a football game any night of the week. Chocolate milk is good for you. It's got protein. It helps you with recovery. It's a great thing. But if I have to put things under chocolate, chocolate milk. Everybody remembers Fago. If you're poor and you like soda, grape Fago is good. Cherry Fago is good. Orange Fago. Um, another go-to for me is the green Hawaiian punch. 
Greenberry Rush. Have you ever had that? I've I've not had that, but Hawaiian Punch is a very good drink itself. I used to uh, indulge in that, especially their sugar-free version of it was very good. What are you addicted to? If you have to drink a non-alcoholic drink, I, I like ginger ale, but I've got something I'm addicted to. What are you addicted well, to? Well, I mean, again, if you're, it's the same thing. It'd be the code red on that part. I will tell you, there's other drinks that I like that they've no longer had anymore, but go ahead and tell me the thing you're addicted to if it's not chocolate milk. The Green Apple Monster. I will steal cars. Oh, paradise? Yeah, paradise. Yeah. I will steal cars. It's a vacation near mouth. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I will. I Ultra will. paradise is very delicious. In fact, actually, you and I are going on a little bit of a trip tomorrow. We are, and I think that we'll have a couple of those paradises as we drive down there. It'll keep us awake, keep us alive. You'll have to drive. Uh, I think we'll do the splitting of the driving. <laughs> splitting of the driving. Yeah. <laughs> what about a drink that, as you go back to any point in your life that was out there that they had most recently or at that time uh, discontinued? Is there a drink out there that you can remember that you love that is no longer in existence? I love that you asked this because it's a, it's a great question for our fans to think about. But for me, the thing that comes to mind immediately is, and I don't know if you're old enough, do you know what a tab is? Yeah, it was like a RC Cola. It was like an RC, right? It and was I diet, did, wasn't it? Yeah, kind of diet, but... I always remember Back to the Future where he goes to the diner and he says, I'll have a tab. And the guy's like, you didn't order anything. You can't put it in a tab. And I, I just like tab. Have you ever had it? Yeah, I had tab. I used to have tab all the time. So what would you, what was it taste like? It tastes like RC Cola tried to, it tastes like RC Cola and Pepsi and Coca-Cola had an orgy and tried to make a soda. Wow. That is really in depth right there. I'm going to go with something a little bit here. It's back to my childhood, back to my love, which is Ghostbusters. I'm going to go back with Ecto Cooler. Oh, okay? good call. Came out in 1989 with a tie-in to the real Ghostbusters cartoon. And then with that, actually, it's been around for a while. Before that, it was actually in the 1960s, they had a drink called Citrus Cooler. Yeah. That was uh, what they called it before in 89. They switched it. Then it was rain, uh, you know, renamed, actually, after that in the Ghostbusters to uh, Shouten, uh, Shouten Orange Tangerine. And then Ooh, in 2006, yeah. uh, moved that into uh, Crazy citrus cooler um then it was uh discontinued they relaunched it in 2016 why did they relaunch it in 2016 nick because they relaunched ghostbusters what was the name of that movie ghostbusters answer the call answer the call <laughs> yeah no I, I wish they didn't answer that call um and so then they brought it back in 2021 here for ghostbusters afterlife uh just for the promotional side of things um and there's rumors that could bring it back i'll tell you right now if you like that drink this is for the fans out there i can get you that drink still i'm going to get you it through a different version what you need to do is you need to go to your local store i need you to go find the juicy juice flavor of orange tangerine go yeah. that then do me a favor go down your baking aisle find yourself some green food coloring give me a one and give me two squirts of that green food coloring in there you're gonna have yourself then a little bit of an ecto cooler a little bit different way it's gonna taste exact same it's gonna be a little green it's gonna bring back some memories for you i ask you that please at least some comments there about that if you had a chance to try it that's nice way to call a cocktail hey you got something i got it go ahead go ahead give me that question give me that question man this has been bothering me all day man i want to know like why don't people like pro wrestling it's a good question. And I, I've been actually uh, thinking about this question. It's been something that's bothered me a little bit. I've, I've had conversations. In fact, I had a long conversation with my staff today. Um, you know, it, it's not so much why they don't like pro wrestling. Why do they not make it a priority? And that bothers me. Um, you know, pro wrestling is something that I think you and I both will agree that we've had our, our we've had a love for it since we were little. But there's been times that we've stepped away yep. and been times we brought back. But yep. we always seem to come back. It's like the mistress we can't get rid of. Okay, <laughs> But why do some 
not joining the party on that part of it in pro wrestling. What is your, I mean, to me, I, 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 there's a lot of, there's the questions that come to mind. Is it, is it because of time that's invested yeah. in watching it? Because, yeah. you know, if you're going to watch a Raw, it's going to be three hours every night or every Monday. You've got uh, AEW Dynamite, which is two hours on a, on a Wednesday. You've got NXT on a Tuesday. You've got Impact on a Thursday. You've got Rampage and SmackDown on a Friday. You've got some pay-per-views. That doesn't even count new, 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 new uh, you know, pro New Japan. New Japan. New Japan. That's all, folks. <laughs> New Japan. You've got uh, CCW. You got all these different ones out there. Yeah, is it just because that there's just so much time to be invested in? Is another time is a thing basically being caught up in other things? You've got life going on. You've got yeah. a TV show going on. You're watching there. Um, you know, maybe people can't get over the idea that's being predetermined. Whoa, easy, easy. I didn't easy. say that's predetermined. Yeah, that that one you kind of snuck. That hurt a little bit. You got to be careful around me. I, I'm, I'm all in. What do you got? Still real to me. Um, you know, I don't know. I think you're on to something really good there. Like you're talking about when people say they don't watch stories or soap operas, right? Because it's too much to keep up with, too much to follow. When people say that they don't do that, um, there's a lot going on. And, and you can't just jump into some soap operas and know who Victor Newman is or know who Cricket is or know who, you know, the new guy that just moved in and got pushed off the cliff because he came back from Abu Dhabi. So... I think some people are intimidated by the sheer volume of it. Like you said, a lot of shows, you said a lot of things. And to them, it's not UFC. It's not boxing. It's not uh, amateur wrestling, which a lot of people are fans of. And it's a great sport. I love that too. But so they don't get the same realism from it, but they don't understand the Titanic instance of entertainment that it is. It's all those things plus combat sports iteration in an arena that's designed to tell a story and draw us in. And so I think there's a disconnect when people perceive it to be something that it's not. So should we not be upset by that? I mean, when we look at wrestling now, here's what we have. We can't look at ratings anymore. Ratings no. are not a thing in pro wrestling because there's so many other things out there that take up people's time as opposed to what you saw in the late 1990s, early 2000s, when it was basically the ratings is what showed people. And wrestling was getting sevens and eights, I mean, which is unheard of now. Now it seems like everything's about the demographic. Who are right. you getting to watch? What's the age group? You know, if you've got somebody that's below 50, they believe you can get them and you can change them. If you get people that are 50, they're really pretty much stuck in what they're watching. Yep. But yep. I, I, I maybe maybe we shouldn't be upset. Maybe we should just, you know, hope that at some point we can convert some people to being wrestling fans. Um, I asked my staff today, you know, okay, I've got free tech tickets to a wrestling match. Are you coming? All three of them said yes. Oh, okay, perfect. Awesome. Now, I got tickets for $10. It's me and you going to the match. Are you coming? One said yes, two said no. I said to the other one, okay, what's that number? He said $15. I said, so $15 is your cap. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's just not something I would rather do. I'd rather go to other places. You know, it'd be Selfish. fun if I go there. I'm like, okay, let me ask you this. Because they're like, I feel like I get, I get caught up in storylines. Hey, so, Nick, I'm going to take you to go see this concert. It's a rock concert, okay? You, right. you, you may or may not be fans, but you're going to go. Would you come with me? Uh, is it free? Let's say it's free. Yeah, probably if I had anything to do. You're going to come. And so knowing that, would you not maybe listen to a few songs of the band to kind of see yep. if you like any of this stuff? Yeah. Okay. That's the same thing with wrestling. So people who say, I don't know what the storylines are. You know what? If you've seen, you know, Avengers Endgame, you're going to watch all the things that happened up to Endgame to see how we're at that point for that yep, movie. Absolutely it's the right. same thing in pro wrestling. And thing. in WWE, you're looking at a month-to-month -month switching of storyline because they're month-to-month pay-per-views. Right. And AEW, you got four pay-per-views in a year. They're, you know, ever so often there. So it's a little bit more you have to put into that part. But you can find out what's going on. And at any point, you can jump in on storyline. Don't feel like you have to wait till the storyline ends for you to jump in because it might be too late at that point. Let's get you to jump in early. That's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to get people and convert people to 
coming back to wrestling, but maybe I shouldn't be upset if they say no. No, you're one heck of an ambassador for pro wrestling. I'm pr- proud of you for that, man. I would just say this in terms of what you're talking about. Almost everybody that derides or says pro wrestling is not a good thing or I'm not into it, you know they watched it at one point. They saw it at one point and they something happened and they went away from it. And I think people are just scared to get back. And I think it's our job to encourage them through the power of this podcast to come back to it. All right, I have one final topic for you, Nick, and this is something that I'm actually going to ask you because I think this is a topic that you'll be very successful in answering here. Mm. But there's been plenty of movie out there um, that have come out and maybe the expectation of the movie is going to be a little bit better than what it was. Yeah. And so when doing that, the producers, the directors, the actors, all were the, under the assumption that this movie was going to have a sequel. It didn't happen. <laughs> so, Nick, I'm going to ask you, what are the name of a few movies that uh, you can recall that uh, intended to have a sequel, but didn't? Oh, there's a lot, right? I mean, um, I, I think one What of the, stands out to you? Well, uh, I mentioned this before in a previous podcast. One that was a huge farce was History of the World by Mel Brooks, part one, that the intention to do a part two, and that was just a, kind of a joke and a gag, but I'd be remiss in not talking about that to get my father-in-law and my brother to laugh. Um, but some that really stand out that are really uh, ones that they wanted to make an entire series of, and we've talked about this before, was The Mummy Remember The Mummy from 2017 with Tom Cruise and uh, I forget whoever else, uh, but it really bombed in theaters. And also Crow. Was it Russell? What? Yeah, okay. Well, it bombed in theaters, right? And the idea was to bring back all of the universal monsters, the Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein, and put a modern, almost MCU-type twist on that universe. Uh, think of Monster Squad 2.0, one of our favorites that we talked about in our Halloween edition. Be, make sure you go back and listen. Um One that my kids loved when they were little, um, because we replay it for them, was Lemony Snicket's. There's a series of books in the Lemony Snicket series, and I haven't read any of them. I just watched the movie because I think Jim Carrey is hilarious. But there's like 13 books in this series, and they try to cover like the first three in the movie. Mm -hmm. And there's way more to go, but as they were writing and preparing the scripts and doing all the uh, special effects and trying to get people nailed down, they couldn't match up Jim Carrey's schedule with the kids' schedule. So the kid actors, they actually turned into adolescents and got pretty tall and they didn't look like kids anymore. So the franchise just had to die. Paramount was like, we can't, we can't do this. Um, I don't even want to go into the whole Lone Ranger series with uh, all the controversies around Army Hammer and Johnny Depp and and that. But you knew that that was a very popular thing, even when I was a child in syndication. And so that became a uh, series that got canceled. But two that really stand out and grind my gears and uh, make me ill when I think about because I'm a huge comic book fan is Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern, which was a bombardier of a film. Like mm-hmm. it just bomb now mm-hmm. i now i love it my son hates it i'm the one weirdo that finds the film to be entertaining but it bombs so hard you have not seen or heard of a green lantern in the dc entertainment universe until the justice league snyder cut where they show one in the in the past but um the worst movie ever made of all comic is the fantastic four movie from 2017 fan four stick mm-hmm. i refuse to even describe this film and you and saw it, it. I saw it, and uh, my eyeballs bled for three weeks, and uh, there was a sharp pain in my head, and I almost quit watching comic book movies because of it. Well, I'm glad that didn't happen. So me too. Still watch. Me too. All great answers right there. Let me. I'm going to give you two questions here. This is on the spot for you. Question number one: Of those movies, yeah, 
which one do you think could have had that sequel that you think, I mean, and maybe it's because you didn't think it was that bad, but which one do you believe that they were on the right track of all of those, that this is one that they actually could have done another one? Yeah, absolutely. The, the mummy and the universal monsters, because if you had really done what Kevin Feige is doing in the Marvel cinematic universe with that topic and had really gone all in and stayed true enough to the source material, but modernized it enough. Remember we mentioned those are classic horror films to this day that people still uh, admire if you had really gone in on those, I think you'd still have a franchise to this day. And every Halloween, you could do a new drop. And that's like every year, every two years, people will be expecting this uh, cinematic monster universe or monster cinematic universe, MCU 2.0. Okay. And with that being said, then, um, which one did you actually go see in theaters? <laughs> Green Lantern. That's the only one I went Only saw. one? That's the only one I went and saw in theaters. Okay. That's the only one I went and saw in theaters. And yeah. you, would, you would ask for your money back? No, I loved it. I, I like Ryan You really Reynolds. left that movie and said, you know what? Mm-hmm. Chef's I didn't kiss, say right? chef's kiss. I, I maybe like you know pick my nose afterward, but I, I mean I just thought it was funny and it was good, and I liked it. That's all. Okay, well that's fair enough. Well, we want to welcome, uh, thank you all for being here tonight. Show was brought to you by Aquarium Fishing, the easiest and best way to gain confidence in competitive sport fishing. Grab a pole and head to your local aquarium today to catch the most fish ever. Join us next week when we talk about poetry. I'm Steve Saxitz. I'm Nick Johnson. This has been Chasing the Hug.